to Jurassic Park 3 Minutes, where we'll be discussing the second Jurassic Park sequel, one minute at a time. I'm Brad. And Dave. And back after a extended hiatus, we have Mr. J Jurassic back. Hello, sir. What's up, guys? Glad to be back. It's been a little while. It has, yes. <laughs> but I suppose in that time, there's been a lot of... Uh, 25th anniversary Jurassic Park stuff come out. There's been a lot of Mattel stuff come out. Mm-hmm. What have you been buying? What is what what have you been picking up or liking seeing? Uh, here and there, I've been I've had a few items. Um, uh, uh, for Christmas I got a, a good amount of like vintage Jurassic Park stuff, which was great. I uh, I had no idea Lost World um top cards existed until oh. like last year. Yep. And and I got those. <laughs> they're so hard to find a complete set of it's amazing how you can find multiple lots on ebay for the jurassic park set but the lost world mm-hmm. set they're very hard to find i haven't gone through the whole set um it's it's in one of those like plastic uh, card um holders you know mm-hmm. yep um uh but i've looked through it like briefly and they're beautiful cards mm-hmm. and i don't know if it's the whole set but it looks like it might be the whole set because it's it's a it's a big stack of cards um another thing that um really was great that i got for christmas as well was this lost world promo book from i think it's japanese i'm pretty sure uh, you know i mean I'm, I'm not sure it's like japanese or chinese characters i'm i'm very i apologize if i don't i, I just don't know the difference it's really bad um but it's it's like that shirt that you guys probably have seen in Lost World, and it's in it's in uh, it like Japanese or Chinese characters. I don't know if you've seen that before. That's what the book has as the cover. It's the Lost World logo, but the, it's Lost World in you know different language, and it has astonishing, beautiful pictures I've never seen before. And I think Dave, I think David might have seen one, right? That the Raptor. Did I post yeah, I've seen a couple of them, and I'm like, I, I didn't realize it was. I mean, I realized I thought it was in Japanese, but I thought there might have, you might have known the name of it. I kept trying to hound you for the name of it, and then all of a sudden it just occurred to me. Wait, if the inside's in Japanese. I'm assuming the outside's probably gonna be in Japanese. It's yeah, it's basically all Japanese. What I think it was, it must have been um uh, a promo for back in 1997 that they sent to um to overseas to promote the film and mm. i'm basically the person that opened that bag that bag had never been opened before wow. so yeah, i opened I it it's brand new crisp letters all the way from 1997 <laughs> and I, it's, I gotta find that thing it's i i've never seen it before it was just something that my friends found because they find the most like craziest jurassic park gifts you know and um they they made this box that was called the because I'm Jay Jurassic to the community, but my my first name is George, so they called it the George box, and it was all this Jurassic Park stuff, pins, this, and what came with that was the souvenir magazine, and I was like, what is this? <laughs> and then I didn't open it that day, but I opened it like weeks weeks after, and I was just blown away by half the uh, photos in there I've never seen before. It has like behind the scenes of um. Roland, like ready, getting ready to film the actor, Pete Postlewaite, has these scenes like that one picture I posted of the raptor I had never seen before of the animatronic facing uh, Malcolm. We've seen it like breaking through the window, but not the way it was angled the the photo. 
Um, there's other stuff in there, a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, and I will be making a video, like, showing it for everybody to see, you know? Awesome. Um yeah, and then I got some really awesome gifts from my girlfriend, uh, a shirt from Jurassic Park. She got me this, like, amber bracelet that has a mosquito on the amber. Uh, oh. Yeah, it's all this really cool stuff, Jurassic Park-wise. Um, and as far as what Mattel's doing right now, I really like the, the new Dino Rivals line. I'm, um, I have, the, you know, a few of the figures, like the Concavenator, um, the... Bite and fight T Rex. I really love the coloring. I, I I really like what they're doing. And that Legacy Rex, really love that too. That they brought in the the Bull T Rex. I have a few little gripes with it because I, I I wish it would have been a a, a bigger T Rex and um, maybe like more. Uh, I, I saw that David ended up repainting some of the stripes on there. You know stuff like that. But other than that, I didn't have too much complaints uh, as I've seen in other places. I really like what they're doing and how they're keeping the line going. Mm. Yeah, as we I think we discussed last week, the um, just how you could easily do a repaint and add a little bit of extra paint to that figure just to make it stand out a little bit more. And I get it. Costs are crazy now with toys, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, toys right now, it's, it's a bit different than the market was back in 1993, you know? Game consoles and gaming systems and whatnot are taking the imaginations of the children today. So... Toys can't be you can't put so much into toys um, with it raising cost prices and whatnot when it's a gamble in a way to put these toys out there and these are leagues better than than the Hasbro toys mm. you know? oh, so much better than those yeah. yeah they're they're actually paying attention to the sculpts and whatnot there are some wonky figures yes there there's always one or two but. As for like the main star, the T Rex, that I mean, it's a it's a beautiful sculpt. You know, what I mean, you you've seen the repaints that Ted Brothers does, and um, yeah, it, you know, he he it brings out when you paint them more to what they look like in the movie, and you see how great the sculpts are. I was talking recently to one of my friends about the sculpt on the Metricanthosaurus. And even though with the Metricanthosaurus, they went more with an old, stylistic, classic-looking dinosaur because it's kind of slumped over. It's kind of ghoulish-looking, you know? Mm. I like it. You know I mean? It may not be like the fast-running-looking look dinosaurs they draw nowadays and how science has evolved, but it looks really cool. And the texture on its back has, like, these pebble kind of scales and mm-hmm. and just it, it the imperfections is very Kenner-esque. Because, Kenner, if you look at their old sculpts and whatnot, there's these imperfections in the skins that dinosaurs and animals animals have and dinosaurs probably had. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not... Uh, nature isn't perfect in that sense. You know, we all mm-hmm. got, like, like, a scratch or a scar or something, and these animals do that, too. So, when I was looking at this, I'm like, wow, they really went into detail with this. But then there's other figures that, you know, they kind of... It's just a basic figure, kind of like... Um, the Proceratosaurus, I think is yeah, like that yeah. little one. It's a little goofy looking, you know. But hey, whatever, you know. I I I, I can't be on in in the in the level of of dissatisfaction and full of complaints that I was when Hasbro was releasing the Jurassic World um, Jurassic World 2015 line, you know. <laughs> we are in a better place. <laughs> yes, we are. Can there be improvements? Yes, but. Is it enough to say that they're not doing 
what the fans like. I don't think so. I think I think they're going down a really good line right now. Mm-hmm. You know. What I have to say is that I think that it shows that uh, Mattel is really kind of experimenting, trying to figure out what works, what doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like for example, I remember a friend of a friend uh, came. In, uh, a friend of mine said that he spoke with a rep who said that Mattel really wanted to go through with real feel skin, but they just couldn't make it work ergonomically. They couldn't make it cheap, but also quality. So to make this, if they did it, the toy wouldn't have been too expensive. If they, but if, and they also couldn't just figure out a way to get a good quality mix of latex for the skin. And it, it was one of the disappointments that uh, Mattel employees expressed with uh, doing something. But then they come out with the, Albertosaurus, and that one has like the little squishy guts when you uh, pop open the skin in the rib cage. So you can see they're trying to figure out what they can make work for the fans, and I mm-hmm. really do appreciate that. Yeah, that's what I appreciate too. And and it's funny you mentioned the Albertosaurus. I completely forgot. That's one that I uh, I ended up getting too. I, I love that figure. Love having another Tyrannosauride into the collection. Um, <laughs> I said the exact same thing. Yeah. It's 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 so great and it's like uh, I, I I love the sculpt on it. It's great. Like um, the only my only complaint with that, I feel the tail should have been a bit longer. But whatever. It's it's a it's a minuscule complaint because the figure is fantastic. The Dino Damage is revolutionary. I think it's it's you it's you could switch up the the ribs and then show the innards as well. It's not just a red little innard that they have on yeah. the other Dino Damage, which is not a, a not a bad thing either, you know. With the Dino Damage, I do like that with Ken, like they did with Kenner, you are able to um, kind of cover it up a bit with that by switching mm-hmm. by flipping the skin back over. And I thought that was a really clever. You don't lose the Dino Damage pieces, which we all know we've all lost those pieces. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, one time or another. that's that, that's exactly what I was gonna say. I actually like okay, the young T Rex from Kenner. Mm-hmm. First day I, I brought that home, I went outside to play with it uh, in the grass, and I lost that piece. First yeah. day, <laughs> and for years that Kenner, uh, that young T Rex didn't have a dino damage. And then at some point when you know when you can buy a lot, uh, like a box lot on eBay, a bunch of random Jurassic Park stuff for like under thirty dollars back. You know mm-hmm. I'm talking about the old days. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, there just happened to be a Dino Damage piece for the young T-Rex in there. And I was like, oh, buddy, after 20 years, here you go. <laughs> Cover that scar. <laughs> yeah, between that and the Triceratops and the Segasos, the only ones I've got the um, the pieces for still are the ones that I've got mint in box. <laughs> All the loose ones are missing. It. Oh, yeah, basically, same thing here. You know, I mean, the Stegosaur, I don't have the piece for that. The the Carnotaurus, the Demon, none of them. You know I mean? Um... I've had good friends like Travis, uh, Travis Stevens that does uh, the the crafts as well, just like Ted Brothers. Both of them have um, uh, have done you know their own versions of the Dino Damage piece. Travis Stevens helped me out with one for the Carnotaur for the TLW line, the the Bone Crusher. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think it's Bone Crusher, right? And um, the Demon, uh, Ted sent me one for the Demon. All I have to do is just paint it. So you mean those guys? are helping out the community with that type of stuff. Um, but yeah, you know I mean? That's a clever thing, but I, I don't know. Do we, is it, is it, is it right to give Mattel complete credit for that? Cause I think, uh, Hasbro came up with the hatch, right? <laughs> Did they? 
I remember yeah. them having two waves. They had the basic guts and and ribs and uh, whatever bones they had in the area showing, and then they had the pet. It wasn't like it was like a patch that you could stick over with that they had with the 2013 line to coincide with the 3D release. Oh, okay. No, um, no, the the um, when you got the in the Indominus Rex versus Gyrosphere. He had a hatch, and so does the 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 Mosasaur with the submarine. Oh man, I forgot about that. Yeah. So, anything. Anything. They they came up with the idea. Mantel improved on it. That's yeah. the best way to. Put it. Because that hatch was still pretty like wanky when whenever you were trying to open it up, it was like. <laughs> on Mattel one's like click 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 click. Was that the same as the uh, Jurassic Park Free the small Spinosaur? Or was that just the exposed rib cage with the lights behind it or the sounds? I can't remember. It's uh, the shelf. There was that little uh, Spinosaur. I, that's got, I think it's just got the rib showing with the blood, like the um. Oh some of the yeah, yeah. From yeah, the, the JP3 line had yeah. all of them just exposed. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was the first time you got all these dino damaged dinosaurs that were just permanently damaged. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was the first one I mentioned. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they those... redone that. They redone that for Jurassic World then, with the raptors and the dimorphodon and that as well, or the dimetrodon. Yeah, what? That's what they did. They had yeah. like those few that came in those like packs, like versus submarine versus this whatever. Yeah. I think it was just it was just the mosasaur, the Indominus. I think there's the, yeah, those were the only ones that had the 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 hatch or whatever. The other ones were all permanently with damaged cars. Which yeah. you know, I mean, reminded you of JP3, which some of the scopes were great and some were not that great. <laughs> yeah, playing <laughs> wildly. Yeah, like, like the film that we should get to as much. Oh yeah, that, there we go. <laughs> what a great, great segue. <laughs> well, not quite. I'm sorry, we had to be so. Who hit me? That would be um, Cooper. Eric! What are they doing? They're setting up a perimeter to make the place safe. These guys are good. Trust me, on this island, there is no such thing as safe. We have to get back on that plane. Will you tell your wife to stop making that noise? That is a very, very bad idea. One more thing we do need to briefly discuss is um, over the Christmas period, we mentioned we're going to go back and revisit the uh, Lost World novel. David, you haven't had a chance to start that journey yet. (laughs) Unfortunately not. I'm about halfway through it, and I just found interesting how a lot of some of the dialogue in there was changed between characters in the actual film when it was used. And one scene in particular being reused in Fallen Kingdom, which is Owen waking up to being licked by the, uh, I think it's the uh, um, Sinoceratops in mm-hmm. the film, where uh, that's a callback to Sarah Harding arriving on Sauna and having the... Yeah, the, I she got licked by the Stegosaurus. Yeah, yeah, the, the not the mature, the junior Stegosaurus, so... Oh, wow, yeah, that been a long time since i read the novel that's right that's when she um survives right from falling off the the boat yeah mm-hmm. yeah fatigue she swims right. in through mm-hmm. the cave and um gets up on the mud in the mangroves and passes out from exhaustion mm-hmm. wakes up she thinks it's a horse at, for a start then now it's the head's too narrow and it's got a beak and yeah but that was going to lead into jay how long it's been since you've read the novel oof it's been a long time um read it I have to say, man, wow, okay. Um, (laughs) 
All right, this this is how long ago. David will know exactly. Um, David, do you remember when they had that contest on JP Legacy to uh, to draw pieces of the novel? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. That's how long ago. <laughs> it's kind of a bit of a time, isn't it? Yeah, it's what is that like ten years? Uh, not, I don't think it has to be, because I, I remember I joined in 2011, so it couldn't have been that long. Probably at least seven, though. Yeah, it has to be a while. Yeah, that's when I, that's when I reread it to draw, and I ended up drawing that, um, that one scene. But listening to it on audiobook has to be, uh, I think, like, uh, a year ago I was listening to it on audiobook. I played it while I was working, so I just yeah. hear the whole story and... But, um, yeah. Oh, I sure. <laughs> well, you get half the was story. Was the English version or the normal? Uh, I think it was the normal one, because uh, I think I... Which one's the one on YouTube? Uh, I don't know, but I've only, I've only been able to find the abridged version, which is about three and a half hours. No, no, then it's, then it's not the abridged version, because this one was super long. Oh, okay. Because the, the yeah, bridge yeah. one cuts out Sarah even. She just appears on the island having a shower. It doesn't have her story getting there. No, no. Yeah, it has to be... Because the one that uh, that I heard was... Uh, it had to be... Because uh, I remember I, I saw the, the time. I was like, oh, this is awesome. This will take me throughout the week to listen to or like whatever, oh. depending on how much work I had. So I think it was... It had to be like a... I think it was like a seven... Or nine-hour well, one or whatever. Well, the Jurassic Park one's 12, I think. That's normally around 12 mm-hmm. hours is what the book's... Might have been 10. Yeah. Might have been 10 then, because I, I think is I think the Lost World is shorter than Jurassic Park, right? Or longer. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if someone done that privately. Yeah, it wasn't... Yeah, it wasn't... I don't think it was the, the um, like, the real narrator. I think yeah. it was somebody else that was reading it. But it was great because I I, heard the, I refreshed my memory on the story since I, I had read it so long ago. Yeah. And then I started actually listening to the Jurassic Park one as well. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I, I've only been reading it because I've only got that shortened version. I know there is a full version one on Audible, but it's in Spanish, I think, or German, which <laughs> isn't much good to me. But Actually, well, it's kind of good if you're uh, you know, I, if you're I'm, a minor. I'll figure it out. I'm not gonna like go on my computer and yeah, look no, now. Right. I'll I'll text you. I'll I'll put it on Twitter later and be like, this is the one I listened to, so you guys can see it too. Maybe you guys can listen to that one. And yeah, I yeah. also have it on on like um, audio CD. Okay. Uh, but that one is actually sealed up. I never opened it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't want to. <laughs> no, because I've, I've always been thinking about. Especially with the popular Jurassic World and Fallen Kingdom, sort of, I was doing a GoFundMe or something just to get someone that's got a better voice than me to read it, <laughs> to get some sort of version of the audiobook out there, whether it's audible or not, but or even a, mm-hmm. a, like a put a put a um, not a survey, a petition together to get to get them to do it because since all oh, yeah. themselves have only done the official Jurassic Park one, but then I don't know what the rights are involved with Crichton's family and all that sort of stuff, so it's probably a <laughs> A big black hole you get into, but yeah, uh, probably exists, a little bit of a mess. That'd be interesting to see. Actually, looking at, I'm looking over at my shelf, and I have the CD audio version and the audio cassette. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Of, um... Oh, but not The Lost World. Both of them is Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yep. Nice. Both gifts from um, the same friend that got me that souvenir book. My friend, DC Villain. Keep that friend. <laughs> Keep it. Oh, yeah, he's... he's Man, I don't know how he finds this stuff. Him and his girlfriend, they find all this stuff. Um, the, all, the souvenir book was actually his girlfriend. A good friend of mine as well. Wow. Actually, I think I might have found it on, uh, on Google, eBay just now. Does it have the like basic uh, cover just with the logo, but in Japanese and the uh, woody kind of stony background? I think so. Right. I think I might have found it actually for twenty five bucks. Oh, I'm dude, gonna... get it! I'll delete this bit from the podcast. Others don't race. <laughs> <laughs> the bit on it. Both you guys, go, both you guys, go get it right now. <laughs> All of a sudden, it turns into a five hundred dollar book. <laughs> It's probably not much it. though, right? <laughs> is it? Is it? It's probably not much though, right? How much do they want for it? Uh, twenty-five plus like eleven shipping. Oh well, that's, oh, that's not that's not bad at all. Yeah. No, it's not. Well, this won't come out for a couple of weeks, so you'll be right. <laughs> all right, so yeah, we're um, I think now at this point we'll probably just push the uh, novel recap back to when we finish Jurassic Park three, just so we can devote some time to it because sort of not yeah. really. Not really sure at the moment how to tackle it because there's there's a bit there and a lot to discuss. So mm. we'll we'll work out what we're going to do there and come back to it at a later stage. Don't get too excited, Billy. Chances are we won't see a thing. If you're both ready, we'll jump into minute twenty-four. Yeah, sure. we're ready. As we entered minute twenty-three of Jurassic Park Three, Nash had desperately tried to escape the Spinosaur, but it stood on his back, pinning him around, and ate him. As we open on minute 24, the Spinosaur looks back up to the people in the plane and roars. Everyone runs to the rear of the plane. At the 10 second mark, as everyone rushes to the rear of the plane, the weight shifts and it starts to topple backwards out of the tree and down to the ground below, where it lands with a crunch. At the 15 second mark, it leans over, but topples towards a tree branch, snapping it, and the fuselage falls to the ground with a thud. The Spinosaur comes to the fallen fuselage and starts to roll it around the ground, tossing and turning everyone inside. At the 38 second mark, the plane rolls up against the tree and stops. Amanda falls back into a seat. And out the window you can see the large Spinosaur looking directly at them and roaring. Panic, she screams and runs from the plane. Grant yells after her, Mrs. Kirby come back and follows her out into the jungle. Seconds later, Paul comes out of the plane as well sees the Spinosaur and then turns around and runs back into the plane. Meanwhile Grant's grabbed the Amanda and is leading her back towards the plane in safety. At the 52 second mark, as they run back into the plane, we get the left foot of the Spinosaur crashed down into the mud. It puts its big CG hands on the plane and starts to roll it back and forth once again. And as the minute ends, it puts its foot up on the plane and starts to push down, collapsing the fuselage. As we open minute 24, Nash's dino food, we get the animatronic Spinosaur come back up to face the others in the wreckage and gives that deafening roar to the camera. Jay, last week we sort of commented a bit on the animatronic for the Spinosaur. We get a bit more of it here in full action. What do you think of it? I thought it was an amazing feat um, how big the animatronic was, but there are some scenes that, that I can kind of see that like it, it doesn't move so fluidly. Like the the T Rex animatronic did. Um, yeah. We, last minute, 
last minute we've seen it sort of pull Nash out and just sort of swing him side to side pretty slowly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can kind of see that like it was kind of a machine, you know. Mm. But as far as the look of it and whatnot, I think it looks fantastic. You know, um, I'm not, and and you guys know I'm not the biggest fan of the Spinosaurus, but like. <laughs> Just, just the look of it, 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 like what they did, how Stan Winston, you know, I mean, I miss Stan Winston Studios. I really do. Like I, I constantly see their their posts on Stan Winston School, the yeah. the pumpkin head, the 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 other monsters that they create, and then constantly putting Jurassic Park stuff. And I'm just like, man, I really wish we like could have them back for another Jurassic. Um, you know, I actually you mentioned Pumpkinhead for the first time. I don't know why it took me so long. I finally watched Pumpkinhead by Stan Winston, and I loved it. I told you, it's great. <laughs> I, I I love that movie. It's a it's one of my favorite like creature feature type of movies. You know, um, mm-hmm. the other ones aren't great. Don't watch those. But the yeah, first one is. Oh, the first one's so definitive and just uh, what he created. And that's a guy in a suit, man. You know, like, it's no CGI. There's no CGI in that movie. You know, that's all practical effects. And it's it's, uh, directed by Stan Winston. Yeah, it was. So. I mean, I got friends who, I mean, I have friends, I'm friends with uh, Ben Fleas of, Father Phantom Studios, and I mean, he actually produces uh, uh, Pumpkinhead Bus, and so I'm uh, like, oh, God, man, I got friends who love these these movies. Why am I not watching them? And so I, I just finally had to watch them last Halloween. Oh, that's, that's a great, great movie. But yeah, you know, when you look at the when you look at the uh, like the sculpt on this guy and, and just the work that was put in, it, it was an amazing dinosaur. I feel that. The animatronic works so much better in in like later scenes. I don't want to, you know, well, water, water. scenes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yep. I feel I, I'm thinking I'm like everybody's probably watched this movie. I'm not spoiling it for anybody. Like, no, no. <laughs> oh, we don't have to worry about that. <laughs> I was about to like, oh, can't spoil this one. But um, yeah, like when it's in the water later, it later in the movie, I I think it's such a better executed machine you know what i mean like it, it works so much better there i don't know what it was that in this scene maybe the lighting wasn't helping it but it, it just made it look more like an animatronic to me than than an actual real dinosaur you know what i mean mm-hmm. like unlike unlike the river scene this is sort of in the daylight even though it's a little bit darker in the jungle yeah, I, you're still seeing it i think that's what it is i i feel like maybe the the lighting uh just having the daylight on it kind of like it's almost like it reveals the monster, you know? It's yeah. just... Well, with Jurassic Park 3, I'd almost say that it's reversed of The Lost World in its lighting because mm-hmm. so much of the movie takes place during the daytime and so little during the night. Whereas right. The Lost World, so much of it took place at night and so little during the day. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you brought up Stan Winston before. Sort of, there's, there's a bit of criticism going around with Joe Johnson that he didn't know how to use the animatronics and that sort of thing. And Winston was probably on set a lot more directing some of the animatronics and that. We sort of know from Jurassic, from the Lost World that he was there directing that bedroom scene as well of the Tyrannosaur when it busts through to the kid's window. Yeah. So whether that's whether that's a proper criticism, like Joe Johnson done. Um, 
Jumanji, so there was, there was a lot of animatronics in that as well, so I reckon he did know how to use them, just... That might be just another criticism fans are throwing at him because of the I would film. disagree with that criticism, if only because Joe Johnston got his start with Lucasfilm as the yeah, guy. Yeah. He knows practical error, he knows special effects. That's basically his MO. You know? Yeah. I, w- I would strongly disagree that he had no idea what to do with the effects. Yeah, yeah and, and he uh didn't he also direct um uh, The Rocketeer and that had a bunch of effects in it. Yeah, I mean, not an animatronic, yeah. but the guy was flying around and stuff, you know. So, mm. yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just, I don't know what it is. But even you guys seen, and I've talked to other fans as well, and they, they see the kind of like the robotic movement of the, of the dinosaur in that scene. But it's, it's really just that scene because other, when you see it later on, it's different. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, the um, the rest of the group get to see it here as well, and it takes them a moment to run back mm-hmm. from the uh, open cockpit or the open front of the plane. And as they do, the fuselage begins to tip backwards as it's sort of balancing there on that branch of a tree it landed in. It's uh, overbalanced and it falls backwards, and you sort of get a shot inside as everyone's screaming as the plane falls away from the camera down to the ground, which it's described, we mentioned in previous minutes, um, in the novel and script, it's about 30 feet off the ground, but... When they're falling here, it looks like it's falling a lot further. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the camera's a lot higher. Well, yeah. I'm, actually, speaking of that, I'm looking at some of the storyboards here from um, uh, Ricardo Delgado, who did some of the storyboard and concept art for Jurassic Park 3. He, had, he released a bunch of his art that he had for the movie, including this one in Disney's Dinosaur. And the concept art he showed, or the, at least the sketch he showed here for of the um, Spinosaurus kind of circling the tree that the plane is in, it almost looks like that um, the plane is at least 50 feet off the ground. Mm. And, and also interesting, I was going to mention earlier that um, we mentioned Nash gets uh, killed right away. Originally, the way that... Um, it looks like it may have been scripted, as, or at least the way Delgado imagined it, is that it was that he would die by running out of the plane once it was already on the ground, and the Spinosaurus would kind of snatch him up and flip him in his mouth and swallow him. Okay, well, we do get Amanda and Grant leave the wreckage here in a minute, but um, they get back inside, so it would have been there he ran out and got eaten. Mm-hmm. Well, I was, but yeah, and there's nothing to say it can't be that high off the ground except for the fact the Spinosaur sort of takes the front of the plane off, then sticks its head in the front, and it's only described as being 25 feet tall, so if it was any higher than that, then the Spinosaur wouldn't be able to reach it in the tree. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Now, it's interesting, you look at the behind the scenes of the, of, with the animatronic, and the animatronic's in a rear, kind of like lifted all the way back as far as it can so the head can get as far off the ground as possible. Hmm. But anyway, the the, um, the plane crashes tail first into the ground, and you sort of get that effect on the fuselage as it sort of ripples and squashes the tail in, and then it topples over and lands on the ground for thud. And as we sort of mentioned last week, with the crash itself, how the survivors didn't really seem to get any scar, any scratches or bruises or anything from the crash itself. Well, now now that they've fallen to the ground in the fuselage and it starts rolling around. That's when they start getting the. I think Amanda gets a scuff on the face and. Grant gets a cut on his cheek, and mm. we start to start to see him now start to get beaten up a bit. But 
we get a quick uh, shot of the front of the plane here too that's laying on the ground, not too far from where the main body fell and hit the ground. And then the camera sort of moves around a tree. It looks like we follow on the POV of the Spinosaurus. It sort of goes from that cockpit around the back of the tree to where that main body of the fuselage has landed. But inside the plane, everyone's heaped together on top of each other as they're trying to get get up. We see that large foot come down into view, which is sort of a bit of a callback to Jurassic Park, where the Tyrannosaur appears or approaches the Explorer that's upside down. Yeah, it's kind of a return of that, of that effect as well, because... Stan Winston built, they built that uh, foot and had it stomping onto the fuselage, and then had the air pistons inside that were uh, crushing it, in, so they would kind of implode as the foot was pressing on it, and they had the glass, I think, triggered to shatter on cue. Yeah, and the, the, for the most part, like, you watch the behind the scenes, it's the actors actually in there doing the stunts themselves. Mm. Um, I know T.L. and all that were quite keen to do the stunts themselves and be in there and especially in a minute where you see that plane roll and you get that quick shot of grant in the window screaming or yelling <laughs> you feel feel that they're really in there getting beaten up a bit mm-hmm. yeah, oh, yeah, didn't same... oh sorry go ahead jay uh, i was saying uh yeah when you watch them behind the scenes uh, on um the the dress part three uh blu-ray or dvd or not they say that that like a lot of the bruises and scars they got were from uh uh, I think it's Tia Leone that was saying this, I didn't think this job was going to be such a physical job, and then mm. blah, blah, she got all these bruises. And you hear that a lot. You, you hear that also from Julianne Moore from The Lost World. Like, uh, <laughs> if they walk in there, oh, they're just going to run from CGI dinosaurs, and then, no, you're going to get beat up in a plane. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah that's what I was going to say, too, is that I think Tia Leone also says in that part you mentioned that, they were using uh, the set makeup to kind of cover up the bruises and scars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Movie. <laughs> Don't let the agents see that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where here we we do get that shot sort of as a foot a foot come down and must have kicked the fuselage because it goes rolling pretty quickly along the ground and slams up against a tree and you get that shot through the window as Grant's yelling <laughs> and. Um, get the washing washing machine effect here and so as the plane comes to rest against the tree Amanda ends up back in her seat which is surprising but um, she takes a moment and we see past her through the window as the spinosaur roars again you sort of have that shot of it full body through the window partly mm-hmm. blurred but she panics and runs out of the plane and Alan gives chase and grabs her and Paul runs out also calling her name and sees the approaching spinosaur then just <laughs> turn tail and runs back into the sort of uh in the fuselage not um <laughs> not helping his wife at all <laughs> just not i'm back no. inside <laughs> he is the most brave character in the yeah. jazz parks series <laughs> yeah but um yeah grant pushes amanda back into the plane they hide inside as the spinosaur foot then comes down again into view and we sort of get that shot of the spinosaur cg using its arms to roll the fuselage back and forth and as the minute ends, we back inside the plane as they're getting tossed and beaten around inside the fuselage again. But um, just briefly going into the script and novel comparisons, uh, in the script we see um, when Amanda's seated, she's um, got a seatbelt on when the Spinosaur first takes the front off the plane and takes Nash out. And um, after eating Nash, it pokes his head back into the plane, snaps at her, but Billy quickly releases the seatbelt and helps her to run to the back of the plane where... Grant's sort of gone to the rear of the plane also, and 
he's there trying to get the back door open, but there's too much weight, and uh, that's when the plane falls backwards. And uh, when we see Amanda seated back at the window after the fuselage goes rolling, it's sort of fogged up a bit, and when it clears, you can see the Spinosaur eye looking into the plane at them. Mm. It's not that long shot of it sort of back where it would have kicked the plane from. It's right there looking down <laughs> with its eye to the window, but... Mm-hmm. Um, in the uh, novel, it pretty much goes along the same as the script. So, anything else on that you want to discuss before we get heavy for the day? No, I think we're pretty good. Yeah, I think I'm good too. Alright. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at lostworldminute.com. The main website is jurassicminutes.wordpress.com. And you can find the Lost World Minutes and Jurassic Minutes over on Facebook with the uh, pages there. David, where are we on Twitter and Instagram? Uh, Twitter, we are at Jurassic Minute. Uh, Instagram is the Jurassic Minute podcast. Some of the worst things imaginable have been done with the best intentions. This is how you make dinosaurs? This is how you play God. If we split up, I'm going with you guys. Dinosaurs lived 65 million years ago. What is left of them is fossilized in the rocks. And it is in the rock that real scientists make real discoveries. Now, what John Hammond and InGen did at Jurassic Park is create genetically engineered theme park monsters. Nothing more and nothing less. Uh, Are you saying that you wouldn't want to get onto Isla Sorna and study them if you had the chance? No force on Earth or Heaven. Get me on that island. You desky. Hello? Charlie! Charlie! Hello? Charlie, take the phone to mommy now! It's the it's the dinosaur there! Okay. Okay. Alright. I'm on, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, good. Okay, I think we're good. <laughs> oh, Mr. Hammond, I think we're back in business. <laughs> God, we're back in business. Ah! <laughs> uh, I did just look over my shoulder as I said that. Yeah, I was looking actually like uh, uh, I got this Jurassic Park clock there, and I was looking at the reflection. Like, wait, is there a raptor behind me before I even do that trick? 